Introducing Barker and Stonehouse Garden Furniture. Find inspiration for your outdoor space with our stylish collections of garden furniture and accessories, now with up to 25% off. Visit one of our 11 nationwide stores or find us online at barkerandstonehouse.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the glorious, gorgeous Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival. This is the RHS Gardening Podcast and today we're slapping on the sun cream, keeping an eye out for deer and heading out to the show to give you a taste of some of the exciting and inspiring displays at this year's New Look event. There are garden ideas for mansions, terraces, flats and windowsills breathtaking roses, gardens for kids of all ages, a floating stage and a focus on enjoying the edible fruits of your garden. Visitors are really in for a treat at Hampton Court this year. I'm Catherine Potts-Cedes and I'm the Head of Shows Development for the RHS. Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival is one of my favourite events of the year. It's always glorious in the sunshine here in Home Park, just outside the grounds of the beautiful Hampton Court Palace. We have an amazing range of gardens here this year and some wonderful floral displays, including our wonderful Roses Marquee, which is filled with sensory amazement and a wonderful tea garden where you can enjoy a cuppa while looking at the beautiful roses. I'm joined by Gemma Lake, who is the festival manager here at Hampton Court. Gemma, can you tell us a little bit about why this is now a festival? Yeah, absolutely. Hi. Well, I think for for quite a few years now, we've really realised that Hampton is the perfect situation for people to come relax, have a beautiful day out. We've got so much space to do really creative things. So um, over the last few years, we've been trying to develop a lot more content that's more hands-on, that's more immersive, that gives people memories to take home as well as things to see. This year, we've increased our music elements and our food elements as well as lots of activities, which we'll talk about in a minute. Tell me more about this amazing floating stage I've heard all about. What's going on there? Yes, well, we're really lucky that our our location is at Hampton Court Palace and our show sits across the long water, which is this beautiful stretch of, of water that our visitors can walk on. For many years, we've wanted to be able to use it a bit more. Um, and we thought, well, we're a festival this year. Let's get a floating stage. So we've got musical acts. People can sit along the water and um, they can sit under the trees. They can have their ice cream, their pims, their, their tea and coffee, and they can listen to amazing music um, of all tastes and varieties so we're really excited lovely so a bit of a picnic and disco really yeah absolutely (laughs) excellent and there's a lot here as well in the dig-in area about food Um, we've got wonderful exhibitors there and some allotments tell us a bit more about what's going on in dig-in Yes, yeah, so food is, is a very important part of everyone's life, but it's also a great entry point for people who want to have a go at gardening um, and they, they can reap the rewards. They might be growing some tomatoes and they can eat their tomatoes or, or lettuce. And so we've created a competition with community groups and they can create community allotments where it doesn't have to be this wonderful show garden. It, it's real-life people creating real-life gardens. Um, so we have those. We've also, as you mentioned, got our growers. We have a talk stage, um, a theatre where you can go and watch cookery demos by chefs, people like Greg Wallace, Raymond Blanc. That's wonderful. I can't wait to go and see some of those. And the workshops you mentioned, what can people get involved in here in terms of workshops? How can they get their hands on some horticulture? You can have a go at hydroponics. 
you can learn how to sharpen your tools you can make seedlings and cuttings if you want to be a bit more crafty we've got embroidery floral calligraphy we've really got something for everyone and you can just pop in and have a go it's free of charge and great for all the family we've also got a forest school haven't we for for the kids to enjoy yeah we do we're really excited to have forest school with us they're hiding under the trees they've got this amazing big giant teepee tent as well and kids and and the family can go and they can have a go at den making they can do leaf rubbing they can make animal homes there's so many brilliant activities with what we have in in our woods and in our gardens using nature to play that's fabulous and Last but by no means least, the fabulous new festival stage is going to be host to a whole range of talks, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. We've got this brilliant stage that's been beautifully dressed. So it looks like a woodland scene with trees and foxgloves and ferns. But on the stage, we're going to have everything from floristry demos with Simon Lysett and Jonathan Mosley to talks by the great Joe Swift and Adam Frost. And uh, we've even got people like Kelly Brook and Kate Gould talking about their own gardens. Obviously, women in horticulture is a big thing. We've got some uh, wonderful female garden designers, women garden designers at the show this year, haven't we? We have. We're really, really lucky that we have got the likes of Joe Thompson and Ula Maria creating beautiful gardens for us. But we also have our wonderful um, feature, Iconic Horticultural Heroes. And this year we're celebrating the late Beth Chateau, the amazing work that she did and talking about drought tolerance, which was a key theme for her and for their garden at Colchester. The festival runs until July the 7th, so if you haven't booked already, do come and join us. There are still some tickets available, so visit rhs.org.uk forward slash Hampton Court for more details. Now, let's go and meet some of the people who've helped make it all happen. So I'm Jo Thompson, and this is the Springwatch Garden. So what I've tried to do here is create a wildlife garden, but actually it's got three different gardens within it just to show that a wildlife garden doesn't need to be in one particular style you know if you've got a certain way that you want your garden to look you can still incorporate ideas that will help support wildlife within within that so you've got at the very beginning there's a there's a there's a very sort of it's quite a quaint cottage garden and in in my mind that belongs to maybe an older person who who wants their garden to look that way I've decided I quite like that garden out of all of them it's possibly my favorite and then in the middle we've got a family garden there's a lawn which is a clover lawn and you've got a dry stone wall seat which has got sort of nooks and crannies for for invertebrates and then over beyond that you've got um, a garden a very simple garden really of wildflower turf and a simple mown path through it up to a little terrace seating area and some nice little bird feeders and all of these gardens are, are divided by open boundaries so there's only there's a notional division you've got a lovely old oak fence which separates the cottage garden and the family garden and then the family garden and the the last garden are divided by a palisade almost but each one is a bug hotel so it's been it's it's been really fun making it and imagining who would live here but also as I say really thinking about what each of those those people those house owners would want in their garden 
My name's Dave Green and I'm a garden designer and so I've built uh, this uh, woodland garden, uh, my first garden at the Hampton Court Flower Show. The garden's inspired by uh, meditation uh, and a sort of a, a relaxation really so it's uh, supposed to be a, a small corner of a bigger garden where you might sort of want to escape from the rest of the world and and other people maybe and just come and have a quiet moment in amongst nature in a sort of woodland space. My name is Matt Childs and I'm the designer of the Smart Meter Garden at the RHS Hampton Court Flower Show. The garden is inspired by one quote from Rabindra Tagore, which is, He who plants trees, knowing he will never sit in their shade, has understood the meaning of life. And the whole idea that we wanted to get from the garden, the takeout we wanted, was for people to think there are small things they can do that collectively can make a really big impact on our environment. We've got a real challenge at the moment with climate change, and we really need to kind of reduce the CO2 emissions that we have. And, oh, that's the water feature going off in the background. Um, and trees are a fantastic example. We plant a tree, they give us oxygen, and they lock in CO2. And so that was my kind of metaphor for the whole garden, really, that just like planting a tree, getting a smart meter is a really simple thing that we can all do to kind of help reduce our CO2 emissions. So uh, when you enter the garden, you walk down this black cracked surface, which is made up of fossil fuel-y kind of uh, materials. We've got a big burnt uh, timber fence at the back, which is all charred. Um, and in the very centre of the garden, there's this great big black space, which is all cracked. So it's not really what you'd expect to find in the centre of a garden. Then all of a sudden, the cracks start to flash with lights, which symbolise erratic energy use. Vapour comes through the cracks, symbolising CO2 emissions, and you think, oh, this really isn't right. Um, and at this point, we've got everybody who's, who are visiting the garden to sit around this big central feature, all focusing on into the centre. It fills with water, and that's the, kind of, that's the water sound you can hear in the background at the moment. And as it fills, it gradually makes this great big giant circular mirror. And reflected in that mirror are people and trees. People have come together to do something very small to help the environment. The RHS Back to Nature Garden, complete with a large treehouse, was a massive crowd pleaser at the Chelsea Flower Show earlier this year. It was co-designed by Her Royal Highness the Duchess of Cambridge and landscape architects Andre Davis and Adam White. They've joined forces again to create a show garden here at Hampton Court. Well, it was really important to all three of us when we met to create a garden which allowed us to reconnect families with nature. And that's the kind of core message in all the Back to Nature gardens we've created. This garden is inspired by being in nature in the summertime. So the Chelsea garden was about nature in springtime, whereas this is much more to do with sitting in a meadow, enjoying wildlife, having a picnic on the hills. Um, it's more open and there's a sort of series of unfolding experiences as you go through this garden and, and we really like it for that reason. Yeah, I mean imagine if somebody visited Chelsea, the Back to Nature garden there. This garden is an interpretation of maybe what they took home with them and created their own back to nature garden so it's got a tree house in this one there was one at chelsea it's entirely different this is the sort of tree house that maybe people could have a go at at building at home on their own we've got dens in it the little fireplace but we've got some secret things we've got a secret little meadow path we've got a badger cave and we've got an amazing i don't really what we call it a 
tapestry of camouflage netting. What would you call it, Andre? A tapestry of camouflage netting. There you go. That's what I'd call it. Yeah, made by the Royal School of Needlework in Hampton Court Palace just behind us. Inspired by that camouflage netting that you see in the military so the idea was to be creative and make your own play in the nature. One of the important things about this garden is that it has a use, so that the plants, the trees, the hard materials are not wasted at the end of a show garden. So all the same materials have come here. It's exactly the same plants. And in May, of course, they were doing their May thing, and now they're doing their July thing. Mm. So they look quite different. The colours are different. Some things are in flower that weren't in flower before. But again, it's predominantly a tapestry of green with lots of different leaf sizes and leaf colour. And when you're designing with plants, I think that's a really good place to start with um, texture, leaf size, leaf shape. And then the flowers come in and add an extra bit of seasonal interest. And we've got a pond in this garden, so as at Chelsea we had a waterfall and a stream. Because of the space here we introduced a pond with stepping stones across it. So you can still play there but you can go across the stepping stones and there are certain plants which are great for craft. And here I've got epimedium, you can take three leaves off, bend it over, push one of the stems through and create a little boat to float down the waterfall and into the pond. So... It's very much about getting children, well anyone really, connected through nature by engaging with it, be that crafts or incredible edibles. What have we got, Andre? We've got strawberries, wild strawberries. We've got some hazelnut trees, we've got some crabapple trees, and plants that you wouldn't know that you can eat, like um, amelanchia is one of the plants we've got in here, and at this time of year it's in berry, and those berries are Mm. really sweet. Believe you me, the birds know you can eat them. Crikey, do they. We've had pigeons in here, blackbirds love them. Yeah. Um, but it's brilliant to see and the amount of insects we've had in the meadow has been quite fantastic and that's really an important part of the garden's message as well that it's good for wildlife so if Andre and I had designed these gardens on our own and we've worked together for 15 years at Davis White the garden would look different and the fact that we collaborated with the Duchess of Cambridge added an element that we probably wouldn't have brought to the table which was that more rustic, natural, wild approach which has been a, a great addition to the work and we'll certainly take that forwards in the future as well. We've really made sure that nature is part of this garden and it's very visible, mm. that it's not a designed garden that people feel they couldn't achieve but it's mm. full of natural elements that anybody would feel uh, encouraged really to bring point. to their the, own their own garden. If you like a plant combination in this garden, you could achieve it at home. And the other key point that the three of us as designers, we all wanted to bring quality to the design. And just because it's for children, and Andre says this, I'll take the words out of her mouth, that quality is often overlooked when it comes to designing for children. And we wanted that to be really at the heart of this whole garden and the legacy projects that we'll be creating at Wisley. I've really enjoyed seeing adults and children alike enjoying this garden and it's a wonderful walkthrough experience for all visitors at the show. You can really get up close to the plants and the trees and really experience a wonderful feeling of wildness in this garden and it's a great fun space for everyone to enjoy. The RHS has collaborated with the Duchess of Cambridge to publish five activity guides to inspire children to engage with gardens and nature. You can find the links to these and more information and photos from the festival, as well as ticket details, on our programme page at rhs.org.uk forward slash podcast. 
As well as plenty to see, there's also plenty to do in a workshop and talks programme appealing to people who love gardens and those with gourmet tastes too. Hi there, I'm Mark Diacono. I'm here with uh, Pennard Plants, with Lubera and with Burpees Seeds and we're, we've got an amazing garden here. It's the Edible Eden Garden and I'm busy making uh, cocktails. I'm going to be making cocktails here all week using things from the garden. So I'm making uh, a bit of a special Pims, which has got all sorts of things from Moroccan mint into some of the melons that we've grown here. And we've got a lovely Alatex greenhouse just there that we've grown melons in. Uh, I'm chopping them up. We've got some lemons going in it. I'm making a ginger rosemary syrup as well, which is going to be going into a ginger Tom Collins. For the gin lovers out there, the Ginger Tom Collins is a total beauty and easy as hell. Um, so you've got to make a, a ginger rosemary syrup. If you haven't got ginger rosemary, which is just the most amazing, uh, oh, that's great. It's, it's the perfect coming together of two flavours in a way that banana, um, banana mint really isn't. Uh, ginger rosemary is extraordinary and that's fab. It's got ginger and rosemary in equal measure, so very good with cooking and all of that. But you make a syrup and all syrups, I would say, equal amount of sugar and water. Just get it dissolved and stir up, uh, stir it up until the sugar's all completely dissolved. Take it off the heat, throw in the herb, and then just taste it as it goes. When you've got the strength you like, that's when you take the herb out. So it doesn't matter how much you put in, just keep tasting it when it's the right strength. Take the herb out, let that cool down. So that's giving you your ginger rosemary syrup, and you have equal amounts of gin, ginger rosemary syrup, and lemon juice. Don't stint on the lemon juice. If you can open one eye without the use of your fingers afterwards, then you haven't put enough lemon juice in. It's got to be sharp, 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 everything cold, lots of crushed ice, and it's an absolute beauty. If you haven't got ginger rosemary, you can use regular uh, rosemary um, and throw some uh, slices of fresh ginger into that when you're making the syrup, but don't heat it up. If you heat up the ginger rosemary in the syrup, you get all the bitter flavors out. So it's dead simple, absolutely delicious, and you'll be drinking it all summer. And now, back from plate to plot. The festival is also showcasing the dedication of community allotmenteers. So I'm Robin Hutchinson. I'm one of the directors of the Community Brain. I'm Andy Collins. I'm project manager for ShedX Regeneration Programme in Solworth. So the Community Brain is a community interest company that was established on the belief that everybody is brilliant if they're given the help and support to be brilliant and we're managing to live in a world where we're accidentally de-skilling people and if we can refill the enthusiasm then wonderful things can happen. So Community Brain is about permission to be brilliant, allowing people to rediscover the fact that they can really change the world. So ShedX is part of a bigger project which is about how we can enable people to have a voice in the way an area is regenerated and it started with a celebration of actually growing in the local area of Tolworth. Regeneration is generally done to people rather than with people and what we're trying to do is arm them with the ideas, the enthusiasm, the support to say hold on a moment, don't just do it, these are the things that we want and greening it and growing in it and returning to its natural heritage that actually you can and change a place by passion and love is massively important. So what you've got here in this garden, the shed that we have managed to construct there, is an exact replica of a shed on one of the local allotments. So in the old days, people used to build their sheds by borrowing, begging. Now, because you can get flat packs, those are disappearing. We see these sheds as fantastic pieces of bespoke folk art. Everybody's an engineer, everybody's an architect, everybody's a designer. You might not be brilliant at it, and as you'll see by this shed, it's totally on the wonk, but actually, it's love. 
loved and that's the big thing once you love somewhere then actually you invest in it and then we've been through our farm of futures teaching people how to plant to grow food for their own table for our community kitchen that we've established and for community events my name's Rita Rattel um, I'm from Hackney City Farm. I work with all the schools that come through. Um, I also work with the grounds and the gardens, so I do a lot of maintenance and the growing of vegetables. So I teach the growing of vegetables and fruits uh, to all the schools that come through and any volunteers that want to learn. And just giving them the general space to just be who they are. At the gardens in the farm, we're not really that formal. We're very um, relaxed about our um, visitors and volunteers and they are a eclectic bunch that can get to do whatever they need to do and that's why our gardens at the farm looks the way it does it's not one hand that does it not one idea not one heart it's all hearts involved it's just over a year since gardening legend beth chateau sadly passed away to mark her indelible impact on approaches to gardening particularly in areas where water is scarce the RHS is marking her memory by naming her the iconic horticultural hero of Hampton Court 2019. I'm Sue Biggs, Director General of the RHS. It's so fantastic this year, in the second year of us doing iconic horticultural heroes, that we pay tribute to Beth Chateau, who sadly died last year, but was such an iconic hero. I don't know how many of us gardeners have actually got her dry garden book and others. And uh, looking over her garden as we are now and looking at all of the pale yellows and purples and blues and whites, it's absolutely beautiful. And never has it been more apt, her way of gardening with all the the climate change that we're facing now. So I would really encourage everyone to come and look at this beautiful garden. It's gorgeous. But I love her style of planting. It's very similar to the... I mean, I'm sure we were inspired by Beth Chateau at Hyde Hall because, of course, the dry garden there followed absolutely her... the the, the trend-setting lead she took in not watering your garden. And just look at this. Amazing absolutely beautiful i love it the beth chateau garden is celebrating beth's water conscious ideas in their recreation of her famous essex dry garden here at hampton court they are also extending their environmental awareness in the nursery with the reduction of plastic use and encouraging recycling and reuse in the garden hello my name's david ward um, from the beth chateau gardens i'm the garden and nursery director at the gardens well, Beth and, um, Beth and her husband Andrew worked on plant lists and she has a garden with varying conditions, so not only drought-resistant planting but water, um, shade, woodland. So Andrew was a very keen ecologist. He studied where plants grew in the wild. He and Beth, years back, you know, we're talking back in the 50s, probably they were married in 1943, so in the 40s, 50s, they sort of assembled this these lists of plants that they could grow in their garden um, for different conditions. Eventually they settled in Elmster Market, which is where the Beth Chatter Gardens are, just outside of Colchester, Essex. And really it's the conditions that govern the way that Beth gardened. So the drought-resistant garden contains all our plants that require full sun, a well-drained soil. Um, but in 1991-92, Beth had the opportunity to actually grow all her drought-resistant plants together, but also she had an idea that um, pushed the boundaries a little bit further and not actually water them. So this is where we come back to the list of plants and the search that she and her husband done. It's vitally important to choose 
those plants that will survive a, a dry spell in the summer, such as we had last year. And that was a really good test. Um, we're trying, I mean, like many nurseries and businesses these days, we're looking at our whole business to see how we can reduce our use of plastic. Um, we, for example, we do use plastic pots, but we encourage our customers to bring them back and we actually pay them handsomely should they bring them back. Um, I think it's 5p a pot, I believe, um, of future plant purchases. So, you know, we're constantly looking at that kind of thing and I'm sure the show here will give us some ideas as well. Um, so, yeah, very much at the forefront. Again, it's all, you know, we have a garden here that doesn't want water. Um, you know, there is, it is possible to have a, an attractive garden with no watering that can look good all the year round and it kind of, you know, the, reducing plastic as much as possible does fit into that as well. There's so much to enjoy here at Hampton Court for visitors of all ages. It's a wonderful day of sights and scents, fuelled by delicious food and drink and accompanied by music drifting over the water and all in the shadows of a magnificent Tudor palace. Truly magical. Remember, the show goes on until 7th of July. I hope that's given you a taste and inspired you to come and visit. I'm afraid that's all we have time for in today's podcast. We'll be back again in a fortnight. Until then, from me, Catherine Potsides and all of us here at the RHS Hampton Court Palace Garden Festival, goodbye. Goodbye.